A picture tells a thousand words and I don't know why I just said that. Welcome one and all to the all new Thigap podcast episode. This is me being brute and with me is Tantri the Mantri. Burgess Nog. Burgess, how are you my dear friend? How are you? Come on, tell me, tell me, tell me, how are you? I'm doing good, bro. Tell me, tell me again. I think, I think the reason why you said that at the start is because we're currently stuck in a dark room with no power. No power. And we're recording on batteries. On batteries. So a picture is the last thing that we could possibly take in this yes. situation. Yes, I think you have read my deep subconscious mind space. As I do, usually. Yeah, but I would want you to do a lot more reading. Mm-hmm. In general, like read. Yeah. You know, it's not like like read people or something, but simple reading, you know, mm. like a pamphlet or newspaper or read behind what's written on a shampoo box. Mm-hmm. I'll but work on that. Yes, you better. But tell me what else is happening, Bogus. We are stuck with three days of rain in our dear own city. Yeah. After a long time. Yeah. So we can expect clogged roads. Oh, yeah. With water everywhere. Mm-hmm. And mud. And also roads breaking up in parts, you know, you suddenly Two lanes becoming four lanes, four yeah. lanes becoming drainages. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's the norm. Come yeah. on. Yeah. But, you know, this place, this season or this time yeah. reminds me of my favorite word in my mother tongue. Which is? Burda. Right. <laughs> Burda is the beautiful, sweetest word. And I just miss using that word. I can, uh, I can see why. But it is my least favorite uh, time of the year when not just monsoons, monsoons are fine, but hmm. if it rains, you know, nonstop 24 hours yeah. and it's always wet. <laughs> so you are, you don't like things wet? No, I mean, constant, like it's too much of one thing. It's like too much of sugar is also not good. I yeah, guess. yeah. Mm. It's always wet, even though the wind uh, is a bit chilly. Yeah. It's still humid. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's just damp. Yeah, and you just want some dryness. It's such a um, moist feeling. M- uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were going for that. Like, have subscribe. It's share, a moist feeling. Share. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, it's such a funny thing that a Hyderabadi is complaining, cr- crying for some dryness. Yeah, you know, which is. After like four months of it, actually, or, yeah. or, or in our in, in our case, it's almost like six months. No, because this place is uh, dry central. You know, all we have is dryness. Yeah, but it's just it gets too much for me sometimes. Except for the humor, I think we don't have that dry humor. Yeah, yeah, it's moist. Everything else, it's moist. It's, yeah, it's succulent. Mm. It's uh, juicy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but enough of. The weather report. Yes. Bogus. Let's get down to business. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we are doing today's episode, let's get down to that. Yes. Okay? Let's do it. So socials. Yes. Instagram. That's the whole reason we are yeah, doing. Why? <laughs> the reason we record every episode is just to get more followers. Just to say this four lines. Yeah. The rest because, of it is filler. Yeah. It's, it's all like, you know, you, you can avoid that. Yeah. But socials, mm-hmm. let's get through that. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. have rehearsed this so many times. Yeah. I think we rather like perform it also mm-hmm. once in a while. Mm-hmm. So Instagram is at underscore thigh gap. Yep. Twitter at thigh gap. Uh, um, no, what is that? Facebook. Oh, uh, what, what is that? I, I, don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can also write to us uh, if you are a professional corporate audience of us mm-hmm. and is used to writing mails to your uh, HR people. Mm-hmm. You can do the same with us 
And you can do that by writing to us at mindthygap at gmail.com. Dot com was invented by another South Indian. Mm-hmm. But let's get down to the other part of the business, which is the filler part of the episode. Yes. Yes. Bogus, what did you do in your free time as a kid? Let's make it like a TVC ad. Well, a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so like we are, what, we are, we are, are we going, to, we are going to avoid the script that we've written. Yes. And let's just see if we can go organic, mm. uh, be improv. Mm. So let me be more specific. Mm-hmm. Imagine you're in a room, Bogus, alone, and yes. you're about like six years old. You just got scolded by your father. Mm-hmm. Your mother is not helping you and mm-hmm. supporting you. Mm-hmm. Your sister is obviously very happy that, you know, you got scolded. Mm-hmm. And you're alone in your room, just stuck with your what? Because I know you don't have thoughts at six years old, but yeah. what else are you stuck with? Books. Good. Very good answer. Yeah. Close to what we want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> but can you go a little more specific? Little more. Little, give me some juice here. Like, like maybe the question should be flipped to you because okay. in, in my case, you know. Uh, You're boring. No, the <laughs> comics were. Well, that was amazing, by the way. Not really uh, patronized. Like they were not supported in my childhood. What do you mean? Comics are not supported. They are not like an act. I was rather provided books, you know, than comics in my home. At six years old? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter what age. Never. Are you talking about like school books? Like subjects? No, no. Math books? Oh, no, 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 no. Word power made easy? No, more more like general general knowledge books, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So I guess the question should be flipped to you. Brute, if you were six six years old and you were punished in your room... Uh-huh. What would you be doing? First of all, Bogus, I want to tell you about my childhood. Okay. As a kid, I always was into a comic. I was a comic. Finally. Okay. With a lot of pain and effort, we've brought the topic of the episode <laughs> in the picture. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I was a comic. I always wanted to become a comic. Okay. But I was too small to understand that the word comic also means something else. Yeah. When I realized that, mm-hmm. I got into comic books. Okay. Right? Uh, and that's what I used to do. I used to read a lot of comic books. I was brought up among like... I had like four siblings above me. Mm-hmm. who So I was passed on whatever books they had. Right. Right. So ultimately, I was just stuck with this plethora of books. See how I'm using complicated words. Yeah. Uh, plethora of comic books ranging from, you know, the local comic books to... You know, the Tintins and Asterix and all. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had nothing much to do because this was the same scenario back then. Back in the early 90s, one drop of rain and there was no power. Yeah. Right? So there was a lot of free time that I used to have, mm-hmm. not being able to do a, do a lot. Right. So I got into comics pretty early. Pretty, pretty early. I think by the time I was in my uh, second, second grade or third grade, I don't know how old you are then, I was already into a lot of comics. Okay. So when you say a lot... Yeah. Like volumes. What kind? Uh what did you start with? The first comics I started with surprisingly was Archie's. Because my mother used to read a lot of Archie's. Okay. Uh and she had this like this whole box of Archie books. Mm. So initially it was not about reading the lines, but it was like checking the illustrations right right oh this is what this guy is and trying to make up your own story. I used to like look at the boxes, mm-hmm. see what they were doing in the box. And I basically used to make up my own story. Like, this is what has happened. So you didn't really understand... I didn't even... Yeah, I didn't even bother reading. Yeah, no dialogues. It's just... I'm writing the dialogues. 
great i was i was so creative and intelligent even that at such an innocent age right so basically you disregarded whatever creativity or quality was provided to you how did i and disregard i was following replace that with your own substandard uh second grade understanding is what you're saying yeah and it was amazing to everybody you. appreciated it in my head in your head yes yeah uh but then slowly i obviously learned the language mm-hmm. so i started reading a lot of comics mm-hmm. so by the by the time i was in my four, fifth grade or something i was already like tagging along with my brothers to the library and renting out tintins and asterix and all those comic books which were regarded as the higher level of comics back then right so i've covered i started off from uh, archies then i kind of graduated to tinkle and then amar chitra katha which were the books which we had at home yeah and then i got exposed to uh, calvin and hobbs because once i've read all of them now i was searching for where i can get this for mm-hmm. cheap mm-hmm. and newspapers deccan chronicle always had like a lot of comics coming coming every day right? right so i used to follow them so calvin and hobbs was one though i didn't understand the jokes of them but dilbert was another which yeah. i used to like reading because of the illustration because they were they looked funny at least mm-hmm. then tarzan i got introduced to uh, uh phantom and all those and obviously like once i started tagging along with my brothers it was asterix and tintin and all those are you flipping the order uh, because have all these comics come to you at the same time like you went from dilberts and asterix tintin and then you mentioned something like no it started with it started with archies okay you're not listening to me bogus it started with archies then because of the other comic we had which were of my brothers and sisters childhood those tinkle so we used to bind all those individual comic books into one huge bundle okay okay so i had like this four or five huge bundles of tinkles binded together okay and same was with amar chitra katha like mm-hmm. we had two three bundles of amar chitra katha which was just bundled binded together do you know what is binding did you ever get a binding done yes yeah so that's what we did so once i exhausted them right i was a very fast reader bogus mm-hmm. so once i exhausted them then i was i figured out that you get comics even in newspaper which is how i ended up reading comics in newspapers that is how i got dilbert and all i mean of course you were a fast reader you were making up the story yourself yeah no not like all my life it's not like <laughs> i did it all my life like after the, you're not following my story at all all that vulnerability and i shared my deep secrets and you're making you said it, it yourself yeah no i said initially when i was reading archies uh-huh. the first time when my mom tried to keep me busy with a comic book mm-hmm. i couldn't read so i just used to follow the pictures and make up the stories but as i grew and i figured out the language or, right. or reading english right then it was like pretty much reading everything i used to even read those dumb ads that used to come in archies books like yeah. like you would get like random ads of nintendo and all those things i used to read even all of them right i was so you know what do you call attention to detail guy right as you can see in my speech oh i can see in my work in my work of art yeah i can see i can see as clear as this dark room we are in yeah with no power um my first comic was uh chacha choudhury mm-hmm. back when i was a kid mm-hmm. so my parents did not really like buying us comics yes but i did flick some from my neighbors like who used to live you're a thief i mean i borrowed it from him mm. so i used to read it at his place mm. um we used to live in the same like duplex they used to live uh, beneath underground and 
not underground like cellar <laughs> ground floor <laughs> and like, and then they were on top come out onto the surface every once in 6 months so a lot of the pop culture um, influence was from neighbors or the friends the underground neighbors the underground neighbors <laughs> so chacha choudhury and <laughs> even though like you know we were a telugu family i was uh, at that point of time in haryana mm-hmm. because my father's job took him there so it was through chacha choudhury and other stuff that hindi became the first language that i actually learned mm-hmm. and i picked up i learned telugu after that Oh. And uh, so you were originally that cool guy who could not speak Telugu. No, there was nothing cool about it. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean like Haryana, but yeah, it was just a happenstance thing, you know, it just happened that way. Now because of the comic books, I kind of picked up uh Hindi faster. So you used to read Chacha Choudhury in Hindi or in, in Hindi? In Hindi. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never read a comic in like local language. Okay. Then you missed out. Missed out what? You missed out on something. Okay. explain it's just the expression is different right the way of expressing in uh let's say indic languages yeah is different from how you express i don't english. think i did because later on i saw all those as cartoons in hindi no dubbed, cartoons <laughs> like, no dubbed in very bad hindi no. where adult, adults were doing like child voices and you could make it out just like you know a movie based on a book will never do the book justice like complete justice yeah um cartoon based on a comic will never do the comic justice it's just n- impossible i feel mhm yeah mm-hmm. okay because i think you're just uh, raise, rubbing some feathers of marvel and dc fans i'm no i, I don't know i mean don't know don't care but oh. uh, because i never got into marvel or dc comics so i'm not sure that's because you're middle applies. class and we couldn't afford those It's not just that I mean back when I was a kid those were not even a thing Archie's was the extent of western comic material comic available Asterix was there Tintin was there For me Asterix and Tintin also came later when I was a kid What it was Archie's that's it Yeah Where did you go to buy these comics I never bought them Yeah that's the thing Did you rent them No like I said I oh, my friends get from people Yeah We used to actually go to those roadside book bookstallers what right, you call right right and the second hand book guys mm. they if, if you are lucky then you would find a decent condition archies or a asterix or a tintin mm. like for dirt cheap right so we used to go every sunday on our cycles and go like you need to go there as early as possible mm. so that you still find majority of the lot so we used to go and then we we were given like 5 rupees each so whatever we could buy mm. we had to buy pulling in all that so that is how we got our comics we didn't bother buying like at that point i don't think we had the thought of also to you know that fascination of getting a fresh comic like yeah the, with that mint you know, condition the mint condition yeah. comic we didn't care as long as we got a comic we were happy yeah that's it so so we bought a lot of stuff on second hand you bought because i remember a bunch of my friends there was not even the concept of buying them it was always renting them um from uh, there used to be these shops who used to rent uh, video cassettes yeah uh, that that was there yeah, uh, like, like i said like asterix and tintin were hardly found yeah so we we would rent it out yeah so so with but with majority of the tinkle comics and archies uh, chacha chaudhry amar chitrakatha and champak mm. uh, uh, all those comic like local comic books mm. we somehow had that thing of collecting it i right. think it came from my brother's side because 
they had their bundle and they used to write stencil their name on that bundle yeah 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 right so we were like okay we also need our own bundle yeah where we can also stencil so we used to sit and collect all through summer yeah because it's not something that you would just read once like you would go back exactly. to exactly comics every now and then yeah comics are like a favorite food dish yeah you know whenever you feel low you want to go back and make that maggi or whatever is your favorite yeah. go to what do you call that soul food i don't know what is it called yeah but so comics for me is like that right I, at least i think back in the day mm. so you had a fight and you had you didn't have tv to watch or like you didn't have a mobile phone to play games right so when you were grounded the only thing you could do is like read books like read comics mostly at, yeah. at the age of 10 9 or whatever yeah or if you had a bad fight with your sibling mm. then and you don't want to talk to anybody you mm. would go either paint or draw some nonsense or you just would go read like a bunch of comics right so comics was like our what do you call rejuvenation thing yeah very well put rejuvenation thing yeah <laughs> and yeah like i said it these comics were not something that you read once you kept going back to them again yeah. and again yeah because it's like that's why you would collect yeah. especially if you're someone who does not pay attention to the dialogue and just makes up the story then pretty much every time you go back to it it you can make up a new story and it's a new comic is this point addressing me yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> okay bogus one like how do you Brute. not read the words uh, you are i just can't understand you are 6 years old how much of language do you know how much of english you spoke when you were 6 years old i was reading hindi comics my question is how much of english did you learn when you were reading when you were 6 years old not much i was not reading english exactly comics. so yeah. so same thing here i i would i couldn't read was i i came from like a supremely local basti wadder school where we started learning english in my in our fifth class right local so, basti wadder school who started off with archies that's because of my mom my mm-hmm. mom was rich we were not mm-hmm. and that to like for my mom that all, she picked it up because my grandparents at that point were were in uh, uh, in france mm-hmm. so my grandfather used to work in france mm. so sh- he would get all these for my for my mother back in the day mm-hmm. that's how she collected all those right i can see how local bus tv are not you me yeah yeah that's what but my father was completely different mm. my father's concept of having fun is like running around our house <laughs> that's about it like whenever we used to be like okay let us let's play something my mm. father would take us on a scooter like around our lane mm. and then bring us back home and like yeah that was a that was a lot of fun let's go eat and <laughs> sleep and we're like okay adventure <laughs> adventure yeah he had a name for it also mm. i'll tell it to you after we record sure sure yeah yeah but what you uh, obviously the posh kind who read the like, posh kind who started off with hindi comics hindi ahead. comics yeah uh, in haryana yeah. even more so posh, posh. yeah uh, what was your favorite comic like what was your go to comic like i remember even when i was reading chacha choudhury right that was the only thing there was never a point where i felt like oh this is mind blowing you know it yeah. was like okay here and there is being clever <laughs> but <laughs> pretty much <laughs> Pretty much the whole purpose of reading the comic was to wait for Sabu to go berserk. Yeah. You know, that's it. A volcano has busted on Jupiter. In Jupiter, right. Yeah. It's just for that dialogue. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, finally we've got here. Sabu's angry. He's going Hulk. And uh, shit is flying off in Jupiter because this guy's angry now. Yeah. And that, that's all, that was the main purpose of reading that comic. There was nothing more to it. Um, but it was in high school where I was in a boarding school. And I uh, mentioned this in the previous episodes that... Uh, 
everyone should listen to all of the Thai Gap episodes <laughs> because these are there's, continuous. There are so many connecting dots. Yeah, there's, like, you there's know, it's continuity. Like, like there is uh, multiversal, yeah. multi-episodal topics that we cover. Exactly, and it's all connected. Yeah. So, so in high school, I was exposed to this massive archive library of uh, comics and books and National Geographics, and that's where, of course, they were. Tintins and Asterix. Uh-huh. So before I Our got into... school didn't have none of them. Yeah, before I got into that school, I managed to read a Tintin book before. Mm-hmm. Before I got in. So for me, I was like, ah, oh, Tintin, Tintin. And everyone around me was telling me that, no, you got to switch to Asterix because Asterix. once you read this, you're not going to go back to that. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, no, that's... Not I, happening. I tried with Asterix, you know, I opened it and I saw it. It, it just seemed too crazy for me. Mm-hmm. So I like quietly put it back because they were pending Tintin books to finish. Yeah. And uh, I just like the whole fact about this kid running around all over the world. Yeah. And the artwork was amazing. And uh, there were funny situations. There were funny dialogues here and there. Characters were amazing. It was almost like cinematic. Like yes, Tintin exactly. is kind of pretty cinematic in nature. Yeah, it is pretty cinematic actually. And I think that's what attracted me immediately to that. The director in you spoke to you, like voiced out. Like, this is your calling, Bogus. Read more of Tintin. You'll become a director one day. No, more of, uh, I think, just a movie lover, like watcher. Mm-hmm. That kind of, like, like you said, it is cinematic. Yeah. So immediately it was interesting also because the plots of some of the um stories stories involved them going to moon yeah. going to the moon <laughs> and going to the pyramids and yeah. going to the, all these exotic places and then there's espionage and then there's you know murder and suspense yeah. there's hmm. so much the two things that i always got away from tintin is obviously the words mm-hmm. the words that i've learned in tintin uh, are extremely usable words. Unlike asterisks. Asterisks, you would not come across a word which you can use on a day-to-day life. Right? Yeah. Uh, the other thing about Tintin, which I always felt was, you can just pick up a book, somehow make it a reel, and it's the movie itself. You know? Yeah. I never felt, even how they illustrated each box, mm. right? Uh, I think they are boxes. Panel. panel. Mm. Each panel, right? They had the perfect view. I mean, for someone who was coming from Tinkle and, you know, uh, exactly. comic strips yeah, yeah, yeah. On, in the newspaper and all this, the moment you, you came across Tintin, you're like, dude, this is like, this yeah, is like oh, this supreme is premium quality. Over here, there's a wide shot, then there's a yeah, medium shot, then there's a close-up. Yeah. Uh, in Which, Tintin, it was pretty much all yeah, it was, it was, And also, the I think it's also the quality of paper. You know, Archie, yeah. Tinkle and all have that rough, papery thing yeah. i don't know how you put it market recycled yeah yeah but when it came to tintin and asterix also for the matter of fact mm. the moment you felt that quality of paper right you're like oh i want to just keep feeling it like yeah it was the uh, i don't know if i'm i'm going to use it right but it was the children fetish mm. you know as a kid you want to hold that kind of paper like you 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 like that quality and also, that was the first time that I came across them playing around with the panel sizes. Yeah, it like, was never that same. It was trick. never uh, the same all the time. Sometimes when they had to emphasize things like scale, they used to, like pretty much one entire page would just have like four panels. 
because one panel would take up more than half the page or something yeah and you just really got the scale of things and you're like whoa you got that experience yeah as if like when you go to the theater right and sitting in front of a 70 mm screen yeah that's the experience that you got and the one of the best things for me that i loved about tintin was the expressiveness of characters mm-hmm. like uh, the captain guy captain hook yeah. cook no no captain haddock or something haddock, haddock. Yeah, yeah blistering barnacles yeah so that guy i think he was the most expressive character yeah. in the entire series when he is laughing mad when he is drunk or when he is simply going nuts like he's flipping out because he's angry yeah it just makes you laugh like they they draw it with such precision right yeah it just that drawing itself used to make me chuckle i think the beauty of again i am i'm, I'm I might tilt more towards Asterix than Tintin. No, I do tilt more towards Asterix because once oh, I okay. yeah, yeah yeah once I picked up Asterix like my friends told me. Yeah. Once I got the premise huh. and what's going on in this world. Yeah. Reading that man I was like if they were right because yeah. this Asterix shit is, is next level. Asterix makes you a man in the world of comics. It used like, to make my tummy hurt dude like yeah. how much I used to laugh just at one panel. The the thing about both of them uh like i said again a little more in asterix mm. is how the tone would come out yeah you know yeah like cacophonics is singing badly mm. it is so difficult for you to decipher or like for you to make the reader imagine yeah a voice which is of bad singing yeah through like an illustration and yeah. they used to do it like amazingly yeah it might be about how the other guys throw a fish at him yeah or the broken musical lyrics that yeah. come yeah whatever it might be right i think that's what made asterix my favorite comic yeah because of how much it used to speak to me more than me trying to like like arches like you know make up my own story yeah or make up my own tones in the head make up voices which are different when i first saw the asterix movie mm. I, i don't know if you have watched those asterix i movies. watched like i think 15 to 20 minutes with great difficulty i was like yeah. oh, this is not doing it but when i first saw the asterix <clears throat> when i first saw the asterix movie mm. the voices were exactly how i imagined while reading the book okay you know asterix would probably have a squeaky voice and getafix would have that old man's like gurky voice and mm. obelix also would have like this dumb moose voice yeah, right yeah. Yeah. and every time i used to go through that that voices always were consistent it it was never like i i go to a new book and or oh, maybe not it was always like consistent and the movie also kind of had the same exact majority of the characters had the same kind of voice with the same delivery of dialogue or whatever mm which so, was like which is when i was like oh dude i'm like so into it in my case the only voice i found matching what i had imagined was obelix yeah everyone else was off for me and that was another reason why i could not li- i didn't like the movies the other reason for me which was the biggest reason the main reason of all is because in asterix not just the artwork not just not just the you know expressions or the characters it's also the dialogues the dialogues had a rhythm to them yeah in asterix they were almost composed sometimes yeah. so that they rhymed right and that made it so much more funny for me especially the names the names and they used so many tricks to make the words rhyme or just the placement of the right word at the right spot right it just killed it for me 
you know the other thing about asterix which i like the most i think it's probably one of the few comics out there uh, with very few other exceptions where they always broke the fourth wall mm-hmm. you know what i mean by that is asterix was set in like what 1500 bc yeah, or yeah. some shit like that right yeah. but you want every now and then you would see a new age technology being like yeah as if it was existent yeah right yeah. that always made me like really really laugh hard because the thinking right mm. i mean asterix in itself is pretty old it's not something that was done in you know 80s or 90s yeah. so it was pretty old by that time when they were making or when they were first initially working on the idea mm. so for them to like think that you know what doesn't matter let's put all the new things let's put a car let's put a telephone like random things and that always made me feel like oh you know what if only they were alive if only they were real characters mm. it almost had like that sherlock kind of an effect on me where i wish they were really living in some european mountains or beyond them right. and you can go meet them if you have a chance type right right i mean the work was of such high quality mm. that i never went to the extent of imagining this to be real for me in the book it was real you know it was like it was so well done right yeah i was like this exists over here it's so good hmm. and the other of course inter- entertaining part was how the romans used to just lose their shit <laughs> you know not yeah. knowing how to deal with this girl yeah. so it was so funny and uh, from there i guess there was a gap in the middle uh, of reading you know comics and then when did you stop reading comics like i mean after high school oh after high school yeah so after high school i came out of the uh, boarding school and once i got back out i never really got into the habit of buying comics for myself mm. because it was never there in, in the first place so it was just this so much talk that was never dying down never dying down about this graphic novel called watchmen oh. that then i figured just the amount of uh, cult fandom it had and it was not really a comic also it was a graphic novel watchmen is an american um british british yeah okay. i mean alan moore the guy who wrote it hmm. is he's a brit got it so and he's also the same guy who wrote v for vendetta and you know mm-hmm. so and of course watchmen uh, i was in inter like 11th 12th and a very delicate age to read watchmen very delicate age cautionary warning well i think it's the best age actually to get into that what yeah i mean like i have two a, a two prong question here best age for reading that why like one is i mean i don't know if in your 11th and 12th grade mm. if you have the aptitude to understand you know watchman second thing is it is supremely supremely volatile so do you think so no so i mean it is but the thing about watchman is uh it is a multi layered piece of work you know there's many layers to it it, it is, is the dostoevsky's work of comics not really i mean it's not that yeah. uh, deep but okay. uh, it is as I far as i'll just like beef it up no it it's as far as comics and graphic novels go it's pretty out there so especially when you read it at that age right mm. so at that age when you pick it up chances are that even though most things might go over your head for example like i said multi layered which were intentionally done at the very least you can't ignore the artwork which is so you're doing exactly what i did of a next artist. level 
but then also you will understand the story at least what's going on mm-hmm. and what in this world and By what looking at the pictures characters are talking about and where are they coming from hmm. so the reason i say it's good for that age is because the subject matter actually forces you to confront some ethical dilemmas or conundrums or you can say paradoxical things that as you become more of an adult right you tend to understand that oh there's no easy answers it's not easy it's not uh, hashtag it's not easy to many things and this is where you know the it's a gray area more than it is black and white and so i think it's a really good thing to force someone that young to confront and then when you get past that right if you were to get older and come back to it you would know that there's more things going on under the surface and so back to my 11th or 12th when i was reading it uh, when i planned to read it there was it was not available like there was no e-commerce so yeah. again i had to go online and i had yeah. to download these uh scanned pdf PDFs. pages basically yeah. and read it off a monitor mm-hmm. but my god that thing it just spun my head at that age when i read it it was so good it's no surprise that it's considered to be among the 100 top 100 literary works of all time mm-hmm. literary works it's the only graphic novel that has made to that category somebody in the panel didn't read asterix anywho mm. but no i've i i think uh, i i did hear about watchmen a lot yeah especially from a couple of my cousins and later from you a lot yeah but i just couldn't get to that because one of there was a mixed review about watchmen mm. and at that point you mm-hmm. know at that point where you know my cousins would come from us and they would bring this random comics which they feel like calvin and hobbs was i i only thought that you know there were just newspaper clips yeah. but i realized that there's a whole fucking book about it yeah. and all those things right i was getting exposed to one after the other and uh, they were ta- telling me about this book but they always were like you know you, you better wait for some time when but, you know for you to get into watchmen it's too early for you and i think i'm on the same age like probably 10th i stopped comics following comics or going up behind comics around 8th 8th mm. grade which is when uh by 6th i was already into enid blyton mm. uh, secret seven famous five and all right. that so by 8th grade i almost like kind of what do you say upgraded to some decently big novels mm. so so but but i would never i would never shun a comic book like i would not like be racist about it yeah. if i would get my hands on a comic i would rather like read it and because you know as you start reading novels your reading tempo increases right so you could finish off a comic in like 10 10 15 minutes mm. so it was like good respite so but yeah the, with with respect to watchmen i had like very mixed reviews some of them were like dude this is path breaking this is like really cool it's very intelligent writing blah 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 mm. the other side was like oh you're too young to read this like you should wait for some time because otherwise you will miss out on the real juice like you know the layered thing that you're talking about you would not understand the the background of what the comic is about no, blah 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 the the layered part is not really as much as i'm not i'm yeah as much about the background or the world so it's unfortunate that you were given that advice because i don't think uh, you should have waited like that was a perfect age to uh yeah. pick something like that up the, but would you suggest that for like i mean if you had to suggest watchmen 
what age group would you suggest that for yeah like 10th onwards 10th class yeah 10th upwards i guess mm-hmm. because even if it see the thing is if let's say by 10th standard a kid is well read or has the aptitude for reading then they will appreciate it on a whole different level but even if there's a kid who's not that well read right hmm. the artwork is so amazing that it's going to keep them stuck to it they may not understand the like concept how different is the artwork okay so my question is this yeah um, i'm sorry i'm butting in if a pers- if a kid is not well read or is not too into comics like he's on and off or on in reading as a habit itself yeah then artwork i mean an astric artwork or like a um uh like a tintin artwork or any of this artwork mm. would be as exciting as a watchman artwork what makes you say that watchman artwork might take him like by surprise and actually get him excited because like astrix or tintin watchman is also cinematic i would say it is more cinematic okay it is actually like watching a movie right which is stuck in frames right you know and it's also bleak it is not trying to put a smile on your face it is not trying to do anything is just being itself and you find yourself being sucked into it so how will something see wait wait let me finish you're uh-huh. asking questions because you're not letting me finish okay my whole point is even if this kid is not well read uh-huh. just the extreme experience of coming across something that is so different from what they ever knew or could comprehend that is that would itself be a breaking of cherry of sorts in their head there is no going back from that like it will it will stick in their minds long enough that even if they put it off like there are 12 chapters small chapters but there are 12 mm. even if they put it off after one they are bound to come back to it after a few years to see okay what the hell was it all about because it's just going to grab your curiosity you know and that i feel like is definitely the best i've read and when i say multi layered it's not just in terms of the storyline or the characters or the dialogues all that is there but it is layered in the way that the panels are arranged from chapter 1 to chapter 12 mm-hmm. the whole bloody thing is connected like the panels in chapter 1 are somehow connected to panels in chapter 12 and if i say any more than that it would be spoiling it so it's like even if you're an adult and you're not a kid right if you read through watchmen you may not actually make that connection until or uh, until unless it's pointed out to you mm. did you by the way notice that this first page of chapter 1 and the last page of chapter 12 did you know do you notice anything off like do you notice anything that is connecting these two like only if you are led to that right then you would begin to see oh shit there is something completely something you know else going on here mm. so it's mm. not just the linear story but it is non linear as well in terms of how it is telling you the story of this world so it was very deliberately done by alan moore because he was when he wrote this right he was sick of the whole dc marvel superman world mm. where these superheroes were so like cookie cutter as they call it like these is good boys they'll just come solve the problem and go yeah but alan moore was like what do they do after they solve the crime you know what do they do after they do push ups like one punch man <laughs> <laughs> because you know you there's so much fame and there's so much validation from people yeah ultimately these people have to go back home 
Hmm. You know, and and what do they do once they are home? What do they do once they are home? They wear specs and disguise themselves, like <laughs> the majority of them. So that one question led him to led him down this road of you know seeing what if you realistically looked at superheroes, yeah, what were what would it actually be? And then you see how cynical like it can get, how real world and how jaded it can get, and uh, man, that that book is. really something yeah i mean i get the point like i i get where you're coming from or you know how watchmen is perceived so i don't have any comments on that i am sure you're waiting for me to like give my explanation yeah like i I'm just wanted to so add that you know the other thing that i forgot to mention was when he wrote this book right with dave gibbons the artist hmm. there was a very clear intention that this should never be filmed because he hated that how films used to butcher the source material right and he hates how we for vendetta was made the movie mm-hmm. um compared to his graphic novel yeah and he hated how that used to go on so he was like let's make a piece of work that can never be filmed it should be unfilmable mm-hmm. and this watchman but watchman was a web series no it was a movie it was a movie yeah it, it was come made- out as a movie So for many many years Hollywood was trying to make it a movie. Okay. And somehow they were failing. It was always failing. Hmm. Then ultimately the biggest hype that it got hmm. was when Terry Gilliam from Monty Python mm-hmm. he was brought on as the director okay. to direct Watchmen. Okay. And Terry Gilliam is of course the only American part of Monty Python Correct. but yeah. he lives in uh, England. Yeah. Uh, ever since then. So When that news came out, Alan Moore got in touch with Terry Gilliam. Yeah. And he told him, he explained to him that this is not really filmable. Yeah. I don't think you should take it up. Yeah. And so Terry Gilliam once they had that meeting then he came back and said, "Yeah, I'm out. I'm not yeah. going to make this." Huh. That was a huge surprise and credit to Terry Gilliam for that. But Hollywood still did not stop. Give up. Get give up because there was obviously a lot of money to be made. uh because uh it is different from dc it is different from marvel yeah and all these superheroes are making so much money yeah you know so they can't really let it go dc owned it basically so right they ultimately decided to make it and some people even now they say they really like watchmen because of the way it was made and all that stuff it was made by zack snyder the director who oh. is basically the slow mo pawn king yeah everything is slow motion yeah like 300 watchman i'm drinking a glass of water fucking slow motion <laughs> you know it's like there's no context for slow motion it's like every fucking thing is slow motion so i didn't really like that movie and it came it didn't come anywhere close to like doing justice yeah. to the graphic watched, novel i i haven't watched the movie i haven't read the novel yet because after how you put it across to me i want to read it in one go uh and i'm just not been getting time because i'm a very busy guy but To it's been it's been I think more than a year or couple of years that I've gifted it to you. Yeah, wrote. and you can see every time you come to my place, it's just you gathering can see dust. How precious gathering! I'll punch you in the face. It is kept in such a precious place. Yeah, where you can watch it every single time you come, as to how neatly and safely it has been kept. Yeah, it's like an But, NGO for termites. <laughs> like, come eat this if you're hungry. No, bogus. Don't portray me as a guy who is. nesting insects okay no termites survive in my house mm-hmm. there is no termites okay secondly i'm not going to digress like you mm-hmm. okay i stick to the point 
the slow mo thing that you mentioned right yeah. which kind of take their point in my head the thing the beauty about comics and it can be any comics yeah. right the beauty about them is you can decide the tempo of the story exactly which is like a beautiful thing i don't think you can do it in a book also like even in a novel no. you really can't do that no. because novels are sometimes too complicated sometimes too simple so they have their own way of they that's like they allow you they take you along basically yeah. but with a comic you can decide the tempo you yeah. can make a comic you know run fast yeah. or slow depending on how you want it like to you go. are the editor yeah you are the editor right the yeah. reel is in your head yeah so i think that's the beauty that's the thing about comics which makes it unique in its own self as a medium yeah that's what makes it really unique yeah. it it forces you it's not even forces you but you can stay with the picture like yeah. you said a picture is worth a thousand, thousand words, words right so now you know why i said it in a picture. movie like the scene you could really like a scene and yeah. it could go off like in yeah. dark knight for example yeah the one shot of uh heath ledger sticking his head out of yeah. a cop car and you know just taking in the rain or something yeah. i breeze the breeze that was my favorite shot in the whole movie yeah. and when i saw that i was like stay 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 i want to see more of that and yeah. just it just came and it went i know i know and also it is the other parallel to that experience is you know when in a song there is a beat or there's one piece of music yeah. which you want it to continue in the song yeah 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 but then it like goes off and you're like dude that was the best part of the yeah. song like let it continue let, all through yeah just Who's make stopping? a loop of that yeah just like make a loop of that i'm good with that yeah so with comics you can actually do you that you can actually do that you, you have so much do that. control yeah it's so customer friendly yeah in that way um, it's so user driven and you know? especially with watchmen right like when you see the artwork hmm. it's a bleak city like it's new york you know like mm. bleak new york it is raining it is dystopian it is damp and you can almost like it's godzilla you can almost feel the rain you yeah. can almost smell the stench yeah that they're describing and mm. it's so good like it all it comes through which is comes which across. is why i was a little curious as to when you said that you know people will be taken aback or you know that whole illustration will stick to you the shock and awe effect yeah yeah, yeah. I was like it's so dark. Yeah. Like Watchmen is and like how will 11th grade or 12th grader or 10th grader mm. get excited about it? Because it's so they're used to color. They're used to like no, know, it is happy color. go lucky kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know it is color, but mm. it is kind of still pretty like dark, right? It's not your conventional comic illustration. Like it's not like an asterix. It's not like a Tintin. Yeah. Where there's so much of culture coming out of it and like you said, right? There's space, there is there's pyramids. Yeah. There is some sense of reality. So, it's that sense of adventure yeah. and uh, you know, um excitement and all that whereas yeah. Watchmen is so close to reality. It is bleak. It's bleak. It's it it's, is cynical yeah. and it is this dark. and that is where i'm a little confused like i'm saying what i'm saying oh, is behave. some kids may be attracted to it because it's just different from what they've been fed all this long hmm. some other kids even if they're not attract e- attracted even if they're repulsed by it it has that shock and awe effect right it forces the expansion of their mental you know or limits of their imagination in their mind it forces it in they such a way that they can watch swabhiman for that no no once it does that right yeah. there's no coming back like it's done but does that ruin asterix for you watchman 
yeah i mean like once you break that barrier huh. and start appreciating that oh you know what this is more realistic if you're in that sure then yeah because some people tend to go that go down that exactly. path which is oh i only like serious stuff i don't yeah, like funny now shit. i'm like intelligent this is yeah. this is exactly what we covered in christopher nolan episode right yeah. there are few people and which is what is generally my worry mm. and you know uh, and i have this theory that majority are going that line where once you break once you're exposed to a certain thing right mm-hmm. suddenly there is this oh i'm so smart yeah yeah you know oh you read tinkle i read watchmen oh mm. you watch like welcome movie and rohit shetty movies mm. i watch christopher nolan's right right the moment that bifurcation or that differentiation comes mm. there is a tendency which you can't avoid yeah where they don't appreciate the simpler things yeah. you know the more on the face kind of a thing yeah it is unavoidable like you said but also at that age right like 11th 12th so yeah i mean those formative years right mm. that whole that entire age group i think they should be given some buffer because everyone goes through that and uh, that's where you initially start out by thinking oh you're the shit and once you keep growing up and you come across oh i'm not the shit better yeah oh i'm not <laughs> i'm not special yeah i like oh i'm not the shit so oh, see jesus i think that age group should be given that much buffer like to go through that for themselves it's fine hmm. you know and it's fair enough did you did you get anything out of comics like i mean i i know you got a lot from watchmen yeah i mean you bored me with to death with that yeah. but in general mm. right the reason why i'm asking is when you watch a tv series or when you consume any amount of content you get influenced yeah right yeah and comic as a medium like we just discussed is mm. a very unique medium yes right it just doesn't like entertain you mm. but it it almost like helps you entertain yourself yeah right other mediums don't do that yeah they either make you think or they make you repel to it or you you know whatever yeah so did you ever look back and say like oh this is because i read these comics yeah i think now what i can recall is more from these graphic novels like uh, watchmen or we from vendetta or there's another graphic novel that alan moore wrote called from hell mm-hmm. which is more than like 150 pages or whatever and it is completely black and white mm-hmm. and it is set in victorian era england uh, and it's based on jack the ripper oh jack the ripper you actually follow the jack the killer. ripper yeah going out doing his skills yeah. you are inside his head mm-hmm. you know and what he's thinking and it gets a little in- intense yeah it gets a re- it gets real intense mm-hmm. and there's no color to give you that relief no you're scaring me it is okay. very bleak mm-hmm. and it was deliberate again I didn't find it to be a very easy read but it's worth it for sure. So like you said like what do you take away right? Like is has there anything anything that you it kind of got you. Like eventually I I'll give you my example. I think it's easier to explain with my example. When I read Asterix, right? Yeah. Now when I look at all the gibberish that I talk, mm. you know, as as say a comic relief mm. uh or whatever it is. It is I kind of start realizing that I'm I'm using names of Asterix. Okay. You know, and which is a recurring piece in Asterix is the Romans getting concussions and then they're talking they're hallucinating after they get punched by Asterix and Obelix, right? Mm. So the dialogues of these you know delusional Romans is random. Mm. Like there for some people there is a bird flying around mm. or there are stars coming around their head and all that, mm. right? So for me Asterix in a way 
kind of made me fill the silence with gibberish mm-hmm. you know that's how i if i look back my source of getting that idea of speaking gibberish was from asterix mm-hmm. same way my whole fascination for burgers mm. was because of jughead right just for the fact of how much how many burgers he ate and how he ate it yeah right though it is just a comic i think as a kid uh, like jughead's character kind of made me love burgers even till today Mm. right and i i pictureize the perfect burger where there's a good patty not much of sauce like there's lettuce and all that the other thing which is kind of like now when i look back about archie like you realize how sexual archie is mm-hmm. and how you know sexist archie is mm-hmm. is just the perfection of women yeah you know and i think you can see that even in asterix in asterix the majority of the women who come have that you know what do you call that um, our hourglass figure or um, hourglass figure i don't right? i don't think so like because in asterix um, there were these wives in the village no though they are gauls are different but okay. if you see romans how they depict cleopatra and her servants well yeah yeah like majority of yeah. women who come right yeah. they all have that like you just can't but observe that how are these women so like you know perfect Yeah but it is Cleopatra so there was good no, not reason. just Cleopatra but Veronica mm-hmm. Betty like yeah Archie is for Archie's, sure Veron- Archie's, Veronica yeah. and Betty yeah for sure the whole Archie is this thing yeah, right? yeah, yeah. and then you're also reading Tinkle mm-hmm. once in a while mm-hmm. and you're like this is not how women are they're not i mean so you, because you at, you need to understand at that age mm-hmm. because you really don't know how people are in America yeah or or foreign countries you're assuming that oh this is how they are Yeah. because in tinkle they're depicting indian women as indian women yeah. like with the sari and the mother is all like you know typical with a hair bun and mm. big bottu and all that mm. so so that was another cultural shock for a slight me. difference in amachitra katha right because in amachitra yeah. katha they were beautiful women almost But like then, raja ravi varma yeah. kind of uh, yeah. women yeah and amachitra katha not, not again, sexualized no 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 but I'm, just beautiful it's depiction right just beautiful yeah. yeah and also and that's what kind of made them i think amar chitrakatha always wrote like mythology stuff yeah, right? mostly, it was not yeah. like fictional this thing so you almost it was like self explanatory mm. because you keep hearing that oh draupadi is the most beautiful woman yeah. across like ayodhya and all yeah, yeah. so like obviously has to be so pretty and this is pretty yeah right this is beauty yeah but the rest of them are pre- i mean everything is fiction mm. right so you are like ah oh, is this how women are i mean i don't know i i literally used to go to school and i used to like kind of check out my class girls and like none of them are like <laughs> betty like what's wrong no way them? in hell no way yeah. i i went to a predominantly brahmin society school yeah. so you can imagine oiled hair and like clothes. yeah i mean that happens like when you see betty and veronica and you look around it's like why is nobody else like this yeah like like one of them like one at least and and if you look at riverdale high school every yeah. woman is like that right well not ethel i guess i mean from- 5% error percentage yeah. you know is acceptable yeah but everyone right yeah, so that is much. like that is how i asked like what kind of what is it that stuck to you so even f- after you grew up right what stuck to me was because of the advantage of the medium where you're the editor yeah and these panels are frozen in time my first read through would be pure reaction like i'm either with the story i'm feeling the tension or i'm laughing my ass out but then i again come back and see why did i laugh this much like what exactly made, made me laugh fun, yeah. in this particular panel 
was it the exaggerated expression of the characters or was it the words and then that helped me to actually take stock of what exactly was it that you know uh, got my reaction out in that way and similarly with graphic novels right hmm. some panels they just have that effect yeah like it just has scarring effect like scarring stuck. or it just gets stuck yeah. and it has that internal like boom yeah you know like mic drop and it's not just because of where the story is or the plot point it's also the way it was rendered hmm. on the page so i always go back and see what is it about this panel that makes me just pause and look at it for yeah. for a while hmm. and that helps me understand so many things like why did they choose to give this perspective in this part like in watchmen right there's a guy uh dr manhattan hmm. who who's the villain he's not a villain or uh, he's one of the villains no 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 he's not he's not he's one of the watchmen let me guess yeah he's one of the watchmen yeah but he's the actual guy with the superpowers okay mm-hmm. so this guy before he uh, got into an accident that made him dr manhattan he actually was a watch maker's son mm-hmm. so it starts with that like it shows with his childhood how he always had a fascination for clockwork mm-hmm. because his father was working with right watchism and uh, so he was also interested in the functioning of time yeah and once he becomes dr manhattan right like his superpowers go to such an extent that he can be anywhere at any time he can replicate himself so his understanding of time right the way it is shown in the book it actually helps a layman to understand what sanatan dharma tries Talks to explain about, about yeah how time functions right like it's not really a linear thing mm. Hmm. it could be like a a a, a ball through which yeah you're traveling yeah so time is all existent at all times hmm. it's all there you're the one who's going from page 1 to page right 200 but time is not actually moving right so that kind of comprehension you get and it's easy because it's in pictures and because i don't want to spoil it again just the way that the time uh, you see the progress of time or his understanding of time right through his perspective you understand you get a better understanding of what time could actually be mm-hmm. and that that was amazing for them to be able to explain that just through pictures yeah. and through a character that's amazing so you also became spiritual through watchmen no no it's fascinating no it is um, you are on you are going to embark a journey of becoming the next spiritual guru mm-hmm. where you would uh, i think you are your uh, religions what do you call holy grail would be watchman hey if i can uh, have an estate of like 1000 crores i'm not complaining <laughs> I'll, i'll take it yeah yeah hope we go that go to that stage soon yeah okay. why not yeah but it's a good thing i think comics is good i i would definitely suggest people to i i would say like pick up any comic it is the best and fastest way of making reading a habit you know what i mean like the compulsion to go to the next page is easier on in a comic when compared to like a proper novel yeah so to- and and not just that i i feel that i mean if there's anyone who does not really uh, have a um visual way of thinking hmm. oh yeah yeah it could really help increase that visualization visualization aspect yeah it could help boost that imagination yeah in their minds yeah. and it's also a very different way of experiencing you know uh, art that you can't get anywhere else like 
watching a movie is ho- its own thing yeah reading a book with just words it's its own thing right so definitely if you're not consuming uh comics or graphic novels you are missing out on uh, one a, a, aspect yeah a major chunk of personality development see how we took a simple concept like comics mm. and made it to a personal issue <laughs> for a lot of us because that is what it is because now when i look at comics right like right yeah. now i mean like any other book uh for me comics is my getaway you know mm-hmm. comics takes me back to that five year old kid mm. where whenever i read comics it kind of brings all those things which kind of i used to do all that effort i used to put into to sneak in a comic uh or like steal one from my sister or my cousins like from right. my brothers and all and that excitement that i used to get in finishing off a comic or reading right. through a comic so there's a po- there's a whole downpour of emotions for me which is why i today like i still try to maintain to have like a collection of archies and have a collection of tinkle mm. uh i got i my wife gifted me the whole 72 you know collections of the asterix Mm. uh which is like one of my most prized possession so right now even today comics are still helping me to be sane if you ha- if i have to put it that way it sounds like a midlife crisis but whatever floats your boat bogus once again i don't have a boat okay mm-hmm. this floating business and all just you see how much is raining, raining <laughs> all these outside you might as well get one you are the one who has to travel so you might be floating <laughs> like any time in the night today mm So don't try to pull these fast ones on me okay I'll punch you in the face next time you already spit in my eye by the way mm-hmm. but do you have that moments do you have those moments where you feel like oh i just wish i can like chill and read a comic no but you don't collect comics also right so never collected them yeah um and no i don't have that thing of let me read a comic so i can remember what it was like when i was a kid no it's not like what it's i pathetic. was what i remember when i was a kid or not yeah. like that I'm saying it is like for me that is like rejuvenation thing. Yeah. You know, it rejuvenates me. Mhm. You obviously don't need rejuvenation because you hardly do any mental activity. Yeah. So you're never tired. Mhm. You're like you're the most of archies. Mhm. Not minus bad. the pretty girlfriend. Ah. <laughs> I know. Right. I know how you try to twist it into like an oh it's a positive thing I have a hot girlfriend. No you don't. But anyways that was comics. as a topic yep of this episode where bogus has given us a very thorough understanding of he's not a comic reader and whereas i enlightened you as with knowledge and pearls of wisdom where you can read comics and become a better person yeah uh basically arrested development is what uh, broad is recommending keep uh, being stuck as a 5 year old which is the best thing to, like refuse re- to grow up Um, Bogus, just help, like that should really help you. How I started the episode mm-hmm. with a pearl of wisdom. Mm-hmm. I'll also end the episode with a pearl of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Ignorance is bliss. It is. Hence, you're better off stuck as a five-year-old than like to grow and become very complicated and take responsibility in life. It's no fun. Okay, so you need to make your own path of being stuck in time. I have controlled time. I'm Doctor Manhattan. Mm. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the conclusion of our episode. Yeah, write to us at mindthegap at gmail dot com. Tell us about your experiences with comics or graphic novels if you've uh, read those as well. 
mm-hmm. and uh, leave out any of the Marvel DC bullshit. Uh, yeah, don't really um, care about that. Mm-hmm, no, uh, I think you have enough. I just realized we we didn't even touch upon two nah. giants of comic industry. I know, I know. But we don't need that. Yeah, Comic Con yeah. has doing enough promotion for them. Yeah, you've got enough uh, people to talk about that with. So ignore. You just write in to tell us hi. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> don't mention anything else. We'll get you at high. <laughs> yeah, you'll have us at high. Yeah. <laughs> no Marvel, no DC bullshit. Thank you. As always, at the end of every episode, Brood, what do we say? We say thigh gap. Subscribe and share. And share. Hmm, okay. You know, you're not going anywhere without, uh, you know, following us on our socials. Instagram uh, at underscore thigh gap. Twitter uh, at ThaiGap and uh, Facebook ThaiGap it is. Or you, why not write an uh, email to us, mindthaigap at uh, gmail.com. Uh, for other people who only use uh, Apple, you can also give us a rating and leave a comment on our ThaiGap podcast. Because you know what all doctors say, ThaiGap podcast. Subscribe and share.